Welcome to the Rudo Love Podcast, a mini-series of interviews and anecdotes tailored for the inquisitive souls of today. <laughs> well, last week I announced that I had COVID, and that was the first time I've been late for an episode since I started. I tried really hard to let go and not get scared that it meant all the things would crumble to dust and all momentum would be gone. I mean, thankfully, that is not the case because here I am showing up for myself and continuing this brave path. <laughs> I say brave because having opinions and wanting to express them is one thing, but putting them out there, publishing, is another altogether different beast. Think of the rush and of nerves that you get when you do public speaking. You know what I'm saying? So I'm all rested up and I'm in recovery mode now. And while I was in the throes of it, I was thinking a lot about my situation and the ways in which I can make myself sick, overworking with an overloaded nervous system. <laughs> the time off was incredible in so many ways. Incredible that I was able to take time off of work. That work has been preparing for this, letting people know, take care, go carefully, don't burn out. It was because I work in a corporation of care, uh, as strange as that sounds uh, coming out of my mouth, but yeah, it's what, that's what's coming out. Um, I, I could break through the capitalistic drive and be permitted to stop working. It's time to rest. You're sick. You need to stop. <laughs> And also, just seeing how overworking frazzled my creativity. So I took a week off of work. Wow. I mean, it left me with some serious withdrawal symptoms, by the way. <laughs> I confessed this to my community and someone said, Oh my God, you poor nervous system. Which, yes, you are correct. I was overworked and in serious peril. <laughs> Just to add some academic clout to my point here, a study published in the journal Environment International had some very important 2022 messages for us. This international group of researchers systematically reviewed data on long working hours, health impacts, mortality rates from most of the world's countries from 2000 to 2016. The authors controlled for factors like gender and socioeconomic status. And the results were significant. And I see this massive growing of messages, a proverbial throwing up of the hands and going, stop the madness. I mean, this is a major topic. The majority of my friends are overworked and or are recovering from overwork. And we're talking about rest, pleasure, honoring natural rhythms, which, by the way, are you as unique and faceted as all of us. <laughs> so slowing down the pace of life in general, but also it's particular to you. So for me, it's probably also my age. <laughs> I'm not as exuberant and boundless in my energy. I get tired and overwhelmed so much easier these days. When I think of the years I have dedicated to understanding my inner workings, what makes me healthy and what makes me sick, I mean, I have dedicated a lot of time and a lot of education on this. So I'm just 
dropping the shame and blame approach and just coming from compassion, curiosity, creativity, and turning that frown upside down. Because yes, this episode is as much about joy as it is about a frazzled, overworked brain. How absolutely pumped I am to be slowing down and living my best life. So what does best life for Rudo comprise of? I'm going to cover intentions, symbolism, ritual, patience, and understanding, um, and time. And of course, my physical body. (laughs) When I think about addressing my health practices, uh, I think about it as an investment. It's an investment in me, which in turn means I'm invested in others and I'm resisting the narrative to buy fast and cheap. I like the slowness, no, I like the slowness of this work and how collaborative exchange gives life beyond our own individual needs. Author, activist, organizer, and teacher Joanna Macy believes that, and I quote, In the face of overwhelming social and ecological crises, this work helps people transform despair and apathy into constructive, collaborative action. It brings a new way of seeing the world as our larger living body. This perspective frees us from the assumptions and attitudes that now threaten the continuity of life on Earth. (laughs) I mean, virtuous cycles are important to me. So I buy with intention to support the world that I want to see. If it's consumables or products based, it's super important to me that I'm funding things that give back. That way I'm supporting my favorite small businesses in the same stroke. Oh, oh, pretty soon I'm going to start a review blog where I'm going to start listing some amazing makers and artisans. I really think positive reviews And personal recommendations are some of the most important extra bits that we can do while we shop local and encourage handmade goods where possible. Mm. So just as important to those supplies and ideas are matters relating to spirit. Some would recommend church. Some would recommend this practice or that. I just think it's super anecdotal and personal to what works for you. For me... I'm a highly symbolic thinker. What happens in my imagination, in my mind, it's super real for me. So I love a well-being practice that plays with symbolism. A candle becomes the material manifestation of inspiration or intention. Spirit to me is the force. And I enjoy watching this flowing force And there's not much more literal thing than watching things burn, watching smoke rise. They say that our ancestors understand fire and smoke much better than words, that smoke can carry our prayers and intentions. I also like to use it as a signal that I'm grateful for something or that I want to honor something or someone. Time sort of stops when I light a stick of incense. That single moment of concentration, I've been told, lowers your stress levels, balances your equilibrium, and brings a presence of mind that is a proven bomb for the soul. When you light something on fire, 
watching flame consume and transmute, well, it can be a curative ritual. It allows me to move through things, giving things their proper due as well. Oh my goodness. Deep respect to the indigenous cultures that gifted us this act. <laughs> I'm thinking of my Andean wisdom teacher and friend, Constanza Kosai. You've guided me through some intense despacho ceremonies. She's She talks about the pace in which you want to transmute and how practices can indicate that pace. So to burn something is to transform the offering quickly. Anyways, it's not my culture or tradition to teach. I've just been incredibly lucky to participate in fire ceremonies. And it resonates so deeply, like to my core, to the core of me. And in, in the same vein of symbolic practice, let's discuss water and its healing powers. I'm a big, big fan, obsessed <laughs> with baths. I won't rent a house without a tub. <laughs> but not everyone has that luxury, and I swear, even a bucket of water and Epsom salts to soak your feet in will do. Obviously, visiting large bodies of water is super amazing, too. I mean, you remember my opening episode where I told you about my pilgrimage to the sea and shouting to the waves? <laughs> yeah, there is incredible power of water, either by pilgrimage or by being cleansed by. It is so potent. And such a huge part of turning down the noise and frayed nerves for me. Uh, big time recommendation. Um, check out men who take baths. If you think that baths are just for women. Mm. So when I ventured into the topics at hand, I mentioned time and pace. So part of my life's lessons have been around acquiring an understanding of patience, knowing that my tendency to rush into things with enthusiasm without respecting the ebb and flow of my energy, well, that can be pretty damaging, not only to the people around me who are really confused by all this initial enthusiasm that peters out when I'm exhausted, which I get often. Well, it's damaging to my reputation too. I know I've come across as flaky or random but that's twofold. I haven't always understood this part of me, but my peers don't always understand this part either. We assume we have to start and finish things all by our damn selves. <laughs> that's another tangent. So first, I just want to address life's timing. My friend, Joe Vanderveld, would often say that trust life's timing. It's something else entirely from clocks or seasons or moon phases or public holidays. I mean, have you ever noticed how a lot of activities require you to do something now because it's an auspicious time of the year? I mean, okay, but I've been rejecting a lot of this lately, which is actually giving me a lot of joy. What if it's just not that time for you? I think the doing of things requires you to not only pay attention to what important timings are going on externally, but what you can get out of it at this time. You know, remember, I'm, I'm talking about things that make me a healthier Rudo. So relaxing and honoring myself 
Well, that's my golden ticket. Golden ticket. Golden hour. We are coming towards the evening of this show. I'm getting tired. <laughs> anyway, it's okay. <laughs> I'm not always going to be this massive burst of energy. I thought my spark had to always be burning. I thought I'd never stop. And then I started to mature and learn about expansion and contraction phases, which link very effortless for me to my own womanly cycles. So it's both easy for me to understand, but also crucial. But how confusing is it that we have this relentless countdown of time? <laughs> There's always something happening, something to do, something to react to. I really struggle with this, okay? Healthy boundaries. I enjoy rejecting the 24-7 approach wherever, whenever possible, and reminding myself that social media, news, corporate work, and industry never sleeps. But I do. I do. In her chapter called Principles of Emergent Strategy, Adrian Marie, Bra <laughs> Marie Brown <laughs> says, move at the speed of trust. Focus on critical connections more than critical mass. Build the resilience by building the relationships. Less prep, more presence. What you pay attention to grows. So, to me, my reminder is that quantity is not quality, and the news and content I consume influences my view on the world. So, I go where there is excitement for rest, excitement for slow, slowness. And I hope that you do too. <laughs> Lastly, there's a healthy body inside of me. Touchy subject, no offense with my pun, but uh, yeah, body things. Tricky, because the health of your body is usually seen in isolation from situation. And I don't think that's healthy. There's so much wrapped up in illness, obesity, and chronic disease that is too complex to call body issues only. <laughs> We're expected to take care of our bodies, and, and so we should. This is, this is a magical vessel that gets us around. And when I think about the body, I think about this wisdom, but... Because of my relationship and observances with bodies, I also think about the lesson that ill health can offer. There's so much, there's, there's an interesting connection between people who have major health issues that affects their mobility or social mobility and this darker, more somber wisdom. Being confined to a sickbed or unable to do something once you could it does something to you. I also saw it when a loved one got cancer. They felt like their body had betrayed them. And I've got that, I've had that feeling too. I mean, it takes a while if you're lucky enough to heal from something, a while to trust your body again. Perhaps you never get to trust your body or trust the world with your body. Um... Currently, my body is overburdened with some extra weight, and I'm working on it. Um, 
mostly with a few tweaks from how much and what I'm eating. And I like to get into a routine to exert some muscle power, some sweat, like Pilates or yoga. I do love yoga. And I wonder why I haven't been able to get on my yoga mat lately. I mean, it's that thing again, right? When you're overwrought, going into the initial relaxation phase is really jarring. Relaxing actually sucks at first if you're used to being tense. So yeah, body as a single topic doesn't work for me. I'm learning to be patient with my body and the lifting of weight, which comes in all kinds of metaphors and and literals. But I'm also working on my body on the emotional impact of external factors that have been internalized. Sounds complex. Because it is. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad I did this episode. I was really nervous about it. I really wanted it to be of use to other people. But you know what? This is for me. And this journey I'm on, you're on too. A part of this is about knowing my nerves will often come from a desire to heal other people. And I really transitioned out of an old part of my habits. I used to spend huge quantities of my mental and emotional energy, physical energy, (laughs) attention on coming to someone else's aid. Can I just say this is so dangerous You are not here to save other people. I mean, unless you're an emergency response worker, and then yes, you are fine. Stay where you are. You're amazing. I love you. But for me, I am not this ambulance rushing out to help you. I am healing myself. And this is all that needs to happen at this stage. Enough. Done. Yeah. That's actually all I came here to say at this point so stay tuned to find out who's coming up for another interview please let me know what topics you'd like to hear uh, the Rudo perspective on (laughs) I'm so enjoying this (laughs) yeah so in closing I just want to thank Mama Earth for housing nourishing inspiring me um this beautiful balance this pendulum of earth energy uh it's magical um thank you to the incredible thought leaders that inspire me to want to write about them um i am often just in awe of how perfectly someone has already encapsulated a topic Um, that it's sometimes burdensome or scary for me to think about doing it myself, but it it comes from a place of such love and such awe and um, reverie for the incredible minds of today and yesterday and the future. And again, thank you so much for the loving community that surrounds me, cheers me on. Thank you to my sweet Bjorn for production and 
groundedness and oh thank you to the ancestors and guides and all the unknown things that go into making us all okay it's all gonna be okay it's, it's gonna be okay so next week back to ooh, ooh interview and all the joys and you'll be seeing me plenty from here on in um kakite ano aho yakue yakoto you are so loved bye bye